Welcome to the Alive Lauren podcast and the place of celebrating juicy, soulful, whole living, loving, adventuring, being on this journey of a lifetime. I want to expand on the idea yesterday of our true alchemy being perhaps way beyond the idea of vision boarding and manifesting things we think will bring us certain states of joy and happiness, but rather the alchemy to find joy and happiness, to create meaning out of the current isness that actually lights us up and motivates us and inspires us that no matter what, what if our true alchemy is our power and ability to find powerful, empowering, inspiring meaning In every moment, no matter what life throws at us, that that is the game. That is the constant game. And tested, I could say testament to this is the other stories, the stories of people that have gone through hugely traumatic, who have every right in the world to validate victimhood, vengeful behavior, persecutor, like personas, and yet they choose otherwise. And on a just a day-to-day level, you know, like one of the groups that I just felt so honored, so honored to, as we went round sharing in circle, that one of the ladies who'd recently, in the, in the week since we'd spoken last, in the two weeks, one of her doggies had passed, and she opened up saying that she'd like to express gratitude and appreciation for pain, because if there is no love, there is no pain. And here was someone who's deeply connected to her animals, who loves her pets as children, as they're like an intrinsic part of her world and her life and part of her routine and her walks on a daily basis. And to just totally be with the emotion and feeling it and honoring it and letting it wash through her, over, and not trying to push it aside or push it away, but to just be with it in gratitude and joy and when she was sharing about her reflection of of how it's like it's been so interesting as well because so many of the people in our group had experiences in the last two weeks that so paralleled the chapter and content in the chapter where the chapter spoke about if you want to find out why you do things like certain behaviors stop doing them You know, like if someone smokes, like stop. If you stop picking up the cigarette, you'll have to face the urge to smoke. You know, whatever it is, just stop doing the thing in your face, the thing that, you know, that you go to that action to suppress a certain feeling or urge. Or So she was saying with her doggy passing, and because that creates like a comfort zone when you constantly do what you're familiar with. And here she's been forced out of her comfort zone because he was very energetic and he would run and play and sniff at things. And and now her other doggy's got hip problems and it's a really slow meander. It's definitely not this energetic, bold, bouncy, you know, like full of energy, energy walk. And she's had to like now face unfamiliar and, and stop doing what she was doing before and circumstances have brought her physically to that experience and it was just also so phenomenal because we had another analogy in the chapter of like if you imagine we've got this infinity of world of life of experience and 
our comfort zone of everything that we're familiar with that creates the circle around us is the limit. So we create a finite, limited reality within an infinite universe. And one of the analogies to explain, like, because all the growth and everything is possible, actually, it's all at that edge. It's all at that border of our comfort zone, of what we're familiar with, of coming up with something that's new and different. And the analogy was that if you had a dog, that imagine now you didn't have to have fences because there'd be some sort of like electric wiring that ran just beneath the surface. And as the dog ran and was was crossing that line, it would get like a, a kind of shock or like a really unpleasant sensation through the collar. So it would really like stop the dog, like jolt it to a halt. So like, no, okay, God, I can't go here. And depending on the kind of dog, some dogs would then be programmed to like know that that is the limit and they cannot be go beyond that point. But what happens if you have a dog who's really like curious and adamant and like doesn't want to be confined and is up there against the edge and feeling the discomfort and feeling into it and breathing into it and realizing I can handle this and I can push past and I can see what is beyond and to know that the pain is just like an intense discomfort. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to kill. It's not going to destroy. It's just maybe uncomfortable because that is like the going through this kind of like portal to the unknown. And then to actually start to love, love that edge and embrace that edge is like a sign of like, wow, I'm about to cross a threshold of unknown. So where do I want to stay within the confines, my limited confines of what's possible? Or to be open to embracing infinite possibility of everything, of everything. And finding a way to just surrender into and trust the joy that is possible in the experience of it all. Like an awakening to a satisfaction and wholeness of it all. The other thing that was very alive in my space, so um, two things I just thought were really, really lovely. The one, so in doing process work, like sometimes... Um, or even life itself, seeing it as a process, this idea of three elements to really help ground and get us present and get us here, of movement, sound, like making sound, whether it's singing, whether it's shouting, whether it's humming, making sound, moving our bodies and breathing. So breath is number one, like breath, movement and sound. And wow, yeah, I just really want to lean into those um, in terms of moments when I see that I'm not, um, I'm getting like elsewhere to actually call on those three to help me get back to be grounded and centered in here now. Um, the other one was as well, because I went, I've danced Biodanza in South Africa and in Israel, but I've never been to any of sort of the festivals or the retreats. And this was the first time here in Israel that I went. And... What is so, it was so, so lovely, so lovely, because the dances generally are like an hour, these were an hour and a half, I didn't feel the extra half hour at all, but the thing particularly that I wanted to share, so what I love with Mickey, is Mickey's teachings are always about like, he's not, he says like if someone comes up wanting to share the elation because they went on like a Vipassana retreat and this extreme high that they experienced on their meditations or some major aha through some like communal workshop and he's like but I'm not interested in that I want to know how are you in life like in the moments that are presenting right in front of you 
Because anything that happens in those arenas, they all are preparing us for life. And sometimes there can be the tendency to get lost in those arenas as opposed to life. Remembering that they're tools and exercises to bring more presence to life. They're not little pockets that, oh, in those pockets I touch something deeper. It's no, you touch something deeper so you can bring it back into your life. So it was something I was quite aware of because, like, we do these dances and then there's an intensity of movement, of sensitivity, of eye contact. And some of the trainers, like, when I engage with them in the actual dance session, we're profoundly, deeply present. And then somehow outside of the session, maybe just purely my perception, and maybe then this is just my perception because it's a lesson for me that I'm, I'm taking out of it, is I felt like it wasn't the same degree of sort of presence and connectedness outside. And I felt like, why not? Why not have that same degree of passion and presence? Okay, I understand it's not about being inauthentic. You know, if someone is tired or, you know, someone's agitated, it's also about being real to what's alive in, in somebody. Um, but the other thing also with this whole theme of like, why not now? Why wait? So often, like at this festival, because everybody is familiar with the Odanza and the principles, there's already like some shared, common, like passion and enthusiasm that almost like unites everybody because you already know that this is something you all enjoy. The movement and dance and they're called vivencias. Um, and then I was thinking, but why not just in life with strangers, with everyone we pass? Why have a big wide smile and eyes lighting up because somebody's sharing a passion or an interest? Why do you have to wait to discover some shared passion or interest? Why not just greet everybody with a warm, passionate, enthusiastic, even if it's just a smile or an eye lighting up, why not conjure that energy of excitement and, oh, and I noticed it as well because there were people that as I'd had certain like experiences with, like if we'd had like an interesting, beautiful experience in a dance and then, yeah, there would be this like connecting and then because there'd been some shared powerful experience, a lighting up of eyes and an extra bit of smile and an extra glint in the eye and a wink or like a wanting to express gratitude. But what if we just conjure that feeling of gratitude for everybody that's journeying this amazing experience together? That, yeah, like, do we have to have some concrete memory of some shared experience? Why can't we just invoke before, kind of provoke an energy of joy and gratitude for one another, regardless of whether we have a shared previous encounter? Because then it, like, creates that resonance of that energy already and then there's an expectation oh yeah so precious hearts on this glorious note here is to greeting more everybody anybody with a presence and enthusiasm it can be a gentle warmth a more hyped enthusiasm obviously a bit weird to go run up to a stranger and just grab them and give them a beautiful hug but I mean there's nothing Eye contact, a beautiful warm smile, a gentle smile, an acknowledging eye connection. Beautiful. So here is to leaning into that as we adventure. As well as just celebrating our alchemy. In taking whatever comes our way and expressing gratitude and appreciation 
for the pain, for the pleasure, for the agony, for the ecstasy, for the gifts and all of it, even when the gifts may seem really crappily wrapped, but to trust that there's beauty and gift in everything if we're willing to look for it. More to do with our willingness than the lack of gift, that it's all there. It's all there always. Happy adventure, precious soul. Mwah.